Unfold with Robert Louis. Unfold with True Thoughts. Good beats, good beat. Today, we are together. We are unified and on one accord. But today on this program, you will hear music, music, music. We know that music is music. Unfold with True Thoughts. Unfold with Robert Lee. We here to represent that truth to all of y'all so y'all won't get misled. Music is a language. Stop. Let's take a moment. Radio and uh, I'm Robert Louis, True Thoughts Records. Hope your week's been good. Just started off the show. Mellow tune from Calibre. Five Minute Flame. And um, this track in the background, John Carroll Kirby. 
from his uh, latest album on Stone's Throw Records, really enjoying it. It's called P64 by me. So this week we've got um, joining us via Zoom. New signing to True Thoughts. He might, H-E-M-A-I. And uh, we're going to have a little chat about his album that he's just released on the label with us, uh, True Thoughts, and um, discussing his uh, love of all different types of music, Brazilian music. We've got a few uh, tunes from um, that from him as well, from the Rebirth, Azimuth, Jamera Choir, remixed by Masters at Work, track from his dad, Perry Hemus, who uh, worked with Lizzie Parks. And of course, tunes from the album. So, um, yeah, just before we get into that, um, a reminder, keep up to date with what we're doing at True Thoughts, TRU Thoughts on the website, various social media. Let's get into um, let's drop a tune from Hemai's album, then we'll have a little chat with him on Zoom. Hemai, Noah Noah featuring Emilia Anastasia. Keep it locked in, unfold. So right. 
welcome along. This is our True Thoughts. What's it called? It podcast Zoom with special guest. Yeah, <laughs> with special guest Louis Hemi. Hello, Louis. Hey, Rob. How's it going? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Thank you for joining. My the, absolute pleasure. Great. You're in a quite hot, humid, top floor flat. As we've just been speaking before this. Are you all right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think mean, I think wearing this book out was a bit of a mistake, to be honest with you. I'm in this. I'm in the. I'm in the third story of a uh, of a townhouse in Wimbledon, and with this blazing heat. So um, I'm just trying to pull through this, to be honest, and and wait to get outside and soak in some water. So we're going to chat. We've got your. We've just released your album on True Thoughts. Um, it's out now, CD at the moment, and digital and streaming. Um, we were talking about doing vinyl, but vinyl's crazy to press up at the moment, so we're not doing that. Um, it's called Strange Beauty, and um, yeah, we're just going to have a little chat just about um, your background, the album, the music you're into. So, um, should we just start with? Um, so you. you you're 22 years old and I'm 22 now yeah and 22 now and you're, you're I would call you sort of multi-instrumentalist producer would you describe yourself in that way yeah yeah exactly that I'd, I'd say I think the the terms both producer and multi-instrumentalist are pretty um, uh, widely used nowadays I think and um, but you know it's more the the multi-instrumentalist side for me is more of just a way to express my ideas and my uh, emotions and musical influences and stuff uh, through the use of production and using it, using the two roles uh, simultaneously to to create a, a piece of music which just resonates with me. Uh, um, and so yeah, I'd, I'd definitely say say that. I'd, I'd in my own head, it's like I'm always on my laptop and you know, in opening Logic and stuff, and you know, working on the music very much in a sort of electronic uh, environment but with sort of like a jazz approach uh, it's, it's a really uh, it's a hybrid way of uh, making music I guess but it's um, it's definitely the way that I seem to be going and making the music so yeah multi-instrumentalist and, 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 and what, in, what, what instruments do you play? You... Uh, I, my, my main instrument is guitar. Uh, that, that's the uh, instrument that I've been playing since I was nine, I think. And uh, obviously, I'm 22 now. But it, again, that it's been a very much a sort of learning process. And I, you know, I had a couple of teachers when I was younger. Um, shout out Carl and James. Uh, but they. Um, they both taught me, you know, the basics and stuff, and how to improvise, and you know, have an ear for the, have an ear for it really, and uh, you know, just have to jam. And you know, I've always took them principles, and then just sort of gone in sort of a self-taught way from there, there on. And and the same with uh, bass, um, uh, synths. I'm a massive synth head. I absolutely love synths. I've got one right here in this little set. <laughs> I won't get it out because it's a bit small right now. But um, and then keys as well, um, and then just um, bits of percussion here and there. But um, but yeah, that, that, that's sort of like the umbrella of instruments that I usually go towards. And but but you know, it's it's very dependent on how I'm feeling. Some sometimes in a track there might not be any guitar, even though it's my main instrument. Um, 
you know, it, it might just be the way I'm feeling on that day of making it. But yeah, I definitely consider as well the laptop and, you know, the production software and all the gear, the microphones, the mixing desks, everything to do with it. Um, an instrumental choice as well, um, as much as the others. Uh, so yeah, shout out um, the laptop. Do amazing things on it. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's your your brother plays drums. That's the only thing that's you're not pretty much not playing on your album. Yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. Sam Sam Hemus, my brother, is is a phenomenal, magical drummer, and just really just brings it to life. You know, you, you could make I I'll program a sort of drum machine thing in originally, and then I'll send it to him, and I'll be like, "What do you think of this, bro?" And he'll be like. Yeah, it sounds really good, but then he'll put like his own all his own influences and and expression into it, and just transform it to like a completely different groove from where it sort of began. Uh, so yeah, all, all, it's definitely all my brothers doing the, the drums. <laughs> and and you come from a musical family. I know. I know when we were first speaking to you about si- signing with you, I think usually I, I ask artists when we're having that initial chat where. You know, yeah. where have you heard of the label? I think you were the first one to make me feel really old and say your dad put you onto the label. <laughs> but your dad was involved in it with music and he worked with Lizzie Parks, who we've also worked yeah. with. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly that. It was um, he's he's got an amazing album out, and he was a good uh, road mode. And it was um, he was a, a keyboard player and producer and programmer. Um, and I'm pretty sure it got released around very early 2000s. So it was part of that whole sort of new touch of that electronic jazz coming out from the UK it was all part of that and it did yeah it featured uh, Lizzie Parks on on the main on the single of that album uh, who, who um, yeah is a mutual uh, contact in, in many ways but um, but yeah he so he's he's the person that you know I grew up around and was very inspired and sort of I guess that's the, the birth of how I started making music as well, you know, I mean, even from I was on his tracks, one of his tracks on the album, and you can just hear me when I'm like a toddler, me and my brother, uh, Sam on drums, just laughing in the background, and we're like, oh, there's happening <laughs> in a musical track. Hey, this is Hemai, and you're listening to True Thoughts.
and uh, I guess it went from there to sort of now and just being brought up with that sort of musicality around me to and very it's very much a pa like a passive thing as well like I, it was never something that was like uh, you know you have to do this or you have to make music in this genre or this style I think it's just, it was just the passive thing of me getting to a certain age and being like this you know I want to start writing my own songs, producing my own songs, sort of having that creative control over them. And, and it was all just very much in, inspired by um, my dad's music and, and stuff. And, and all the stuff that he used to listen to, uh, that it was just getting soaked in my brain from an early age. So sort of, I guess that's why I'm such an avid fan of, of a lot of the artists that I listen to nowadays. You know? He, he was was he okay? I know I know because I run a record label. Often yeah. when people I'm, I'm speaking to people like friends or family, mean people. They say my, my children are nine and six, and they'll say, "Oh, yeah. do you want them to be artists?" And I will say, "Oh, you know what? Because I work with so many artists, and I say the artists work so hard, but the music industry is so tough." I will yeah. say, "Oh, it would sort of make me a bit concerned if they want to be <laughs> musicians or artists," which is a really weird thing to say. But but I, I know if they wanted to, I could understand that. I know my mum that you know struggled with me when I wanted to just run a record label. Yeah. She thought, "What are you doing? You need to get a proper job." So <laughs> I, I could, So, but he was okay. He, he's quite happy with just you know following your vision. And you're quite. I mean, you're very young still, aren't you? At 22, yeah. you know? I think there's plenty. I think what probably your generation, maybe my generation, a little bit before that, I think we, we began to realise there's none of these real jobs for life anymore or anything like that, yeah. is there? So there's a period of time of just trying things out and figuring out what you, what you want to do. And yeah. maybe even the pandemic has done, done about quality yeah, of life. Right, it's probably yeah. more important than, you know, the rat race of, you know, making money or whatever as well. Yeah. It? yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my mum my and dad have always been super supportive because I guess it was, I don't know, maybe because um, in such a musical family anyway, I had the privilege of, of you know, having sort of that, um, the blessing, as you'd say it. And it was, and it was, you know, it's definitely a privilege and I'm super humble to be, to be uh, uh, surrounded by all of that. So um, it just made the process of me making it and, you know, saying, oh, wow, I want to be a producer. I want to produce my own songs, uh, bloody, bloody, blah, a bit more sort of, Okay, well, yeah, you, you can do that. You know, you know, like we believe in you, and and yeah, very, very nice. And um, you know, it's been a conversation that I've been having a lot recently with a with a what, load of different people, and you know, everyone's got a different story, a different background, and and it's so crazy to hear all the different perspectives from it because you know, I'm so used to it being in my in my world so when i speak to someone who wasn't from a musical family that are is a producer now say or like a programmer or, or a dj or, or anything i'm like wow that's it's, it's very admirable you know to have, have, have done that um and you know i you know I, I like to think that i probably had it easier than a lot of people because i was um brought up in a musical family um and very much, it was quite a self-taught family as well. Like the, like my granddad was, and and my obviously my dad and my, and my brother and stuff. And you know, pretty much all self-taught really, apart from you know a couple of lessons here or there. So it's just, you know, I guess passively I've just been brought up to have that ear, but especially for you know um, harmony and and different rhythms. You know, um, and, and yeah, it's a, it's a blessing to be honest. 
So, so when to do, we'll, we'll get on to the album a little bit, but just probably if we just find a little bit about your journey um, pre doing the album with True Thoughts, yes. sort of releasing music. So you, you did you self-release um, initially? Is that right? The first under the Hem My Name? Yes, it was, a, it was a self-release, uh, which was under um, my own label, which I created with a, a distributor, independent distributor. Um, so yeah, I, I, there was there was some help uh, with sort of like the marketing side of everything, um, but um, but yeah, the, the it was basically a sort of you know it was a hybrid self release. It was it, it you know it was under my own name and and it was just running through a, an independent distributor, um, and and that journey was completely different to the um, to the truth or what's journey because it was you know everything was at the start of it it was okay let's utilize everything that i have here and here and now so you know this this synth that i've had for for years uh, which was passed down from my dad and then um you know my brother on drums let's uh, record um wherever we can basically and and make the most of uh, this situation of just sort of being a, a very much a a self-releasing self-funding artist and producer and it it was it was such a learning curve for me because i was able to go hmm, okay so like what are the, what are the problems and and what are the issues and how do i overcome them you know i'm very much a it's it's a it's a bit of a blessing and a curse but it was like i'm i'm such a sort of perfectionist with the with like the audio quality and you know I'm, I'm a bit of an audio file when it comes to tones and the recordings of it so like that was the biggest barrier for me was like how do i achieve this sound without having the means to do it with this gear this equipment and it's really just about sort of like trial and error because that whole ep was just me finding my own feet um making music in sort of a production environment which i'd you know was very sort of like the first steps for me um but luckily because of like you know the relationships with my brother and and the passive listening and my the music i'd listened to pre, uh, like before when i was a kid and uh, still now it's so embedded in me that when i sort of honed in on all my production uh, uh techniques and stuff and found my feet and um, found my feet as a producer um it just became a lot easier for me and all this experimenting and trial and error you know still now like every day i'm learning something new but like even like then and now like the common ground is that it's just i'm making stuff from experimentation from trial and error and i'm just naturally gravitating towards these certain things and places which where I, where I prefer to make music or the way that I prefer to make music, blah de blah, and all the instruments or whatever. It just makes a lot more sense now I look back on it to when I started out doing it because it's like, at the time I was very much just, my head was uh, a blur making the music and I was just like, this works, this works, piecing it together like a jigsaw. Whereas for Strange Beauty, it was like, okay, like, we like I know where like my soul sort of lies in the sound so it's like I could just pick and choose of the stuff I wanted to achieve and it, it just as I gradually learned and got better and, and, and as a um, 
as trying to pinpoint the sounds that I genuinely like and, and gravitate towards. It just became an easier process of every day just working on music like 24-7 and being able to get to a point where I can just sort of make a song now with um, and express myself how I want uh, as opposed to the eyes closed it was sort of, that was still like the learning curve of doing so. Hey, this is Hemai, and you're listening to True Thoughts with Rob Lewis. You're listening to, you're listening to One BTN.
You're listening to True Thoughts. So, I mean, even as you talk, but I, I think you've got this, um, which I sort of see in you and see in our sort of the best arts that we were. There's like quite a confidence about what you're doing, and um, even with the sense of, um, I'm just curious because did you? You, you were just up for just releasing on your own. You didn't have a thought of, I'm going to try and get, get music signed to a label. You just, and I know it's relatively easier to release music, but you just felt, look, I'm going to try this and see what happens. Is that right? Yeah, and just sort of, you know, put it out into the world because, you know, everyone that I, when they were finished, like, you know, I had, a, as I said, as an audio file and as a, uh, like a perfectionist of the music, it was, it was like, I have to get these tracks done before I show anyone. So they were very much in, in my head only, and my brothers, me and my brothers and the vocalists on it, you know, were really the only people that heard it because I was so um, protective over people hearing it without it being perfectly done. And I know that's definitely, it's not, usually people would share it. Uh, I, I'm, I'm one of the only people that I know that didn't, and I, I think that might be a bad thing or a, or a mistake that I, that I made. But um, because now, you know, I'll, I'll send it uh, as a demo or whatever to, ah, what do you think of this? Uh, or like, how does this sound to you? Whereas before I was like, no, it's all mine, it's mine. <laughs> and keep it to myself and stuff. So yeah, it was just more so like, let's get it out into the world. And um, regardless how it's put out there and just see how um, people uh, resonate with it, you know, whether it, people uh, like what I'm doing, whether people enjoy it, whether people like listen to it when they're chilling or want to have a dance to it like it's all these different lot of variables which really just made, made me want to put it out and and see how people reacted to it um because you know i could make music for years and years and not put it out and and just have it to myself and listen to it myself because you know i guess i guess you make the music that you want to hear right and so it's like i could just listen to that by myself but i guess putting it out into the world just it just seemed right and i thought yeah, why not? I think that's the thing. I, I, I'm definitely from working with different artists over the years. You can see, I think there's some artists who they almost don't need any feedback. They're quite, they, they'll do do their thing, and then like, here's the music out of these. Which do you like? I, I, I think the only thing that I feel is sometimes it's the worst if there's an artist who you know is making a lot of music and they're not sharing it. And it's not getting released, and that's not even on True Thoughts. That's yeah. other people that I know and yeah. other artists. I'm, sometimes uh, there's a few people that I know just like you should just just put it up on Bandcamp at the very yeah. least, just share it with the world. You, 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 I think yeah. that can be sometimes a, a bit of getting lost, how artists can get lost with it. But you seem quite, yeah. I think, you know, when we initially started working with you, I, 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 which I think I've mentioned to you before, like, like Quantic, I was quite surprised at how young you were. I remember when we got, I, I think we initially got in touch with you and then I was asked how old you were. And then I, I remember saying that to Paul, of this is part of True Thoughts about, look, this guy's really young and he's really talented, and uh, which is true. And I just said, you know, I'm not getting sent lots and lots of demos from someone so young and, you know, quite high level of, you know, the production, the musicality, your arrangements and your there's songs going on and everything. So, that, you know, that's at least from my side at True Thoughts is, I think you are alongside Quantic, probably one of the youngest artists that we've done a debut album with, which I wouldn't wow. necessarily call, um, I think some albums are, so they definitely are learning curves. You can see we're putting music out as an album, but an artist is finding its feet and they're just developing. But you seem to just, 
you know, you set yourself quite a high standard, I think, which is good. And I can see, I know the music that you're into and the people you listen to are, you know, like high level. And I think you, you probably, in your in your own mind, set yourself a level of you, you want it to be lots of songs on here, intricate production, great musicality. But also, I think the great thing that what I like is it's not lost in, hasn't got too noodly and all of that. There's good structures and songs and arrangements within everything that you do. So, which is, you know, it's a big skill, it's, you know. Hopefully I'm not sounding patronising by saying you're doing no, it very young. But, actually, yeah. I'm, I'm so grateful to hear it because yeah. it's, you know, it's it's not, it's one of them things that I do always think sort of, you know, I need, I, you know, because I do, I, I am listening to say like, um, George Duke or uh, Avid Lee or Herbie Hancock and and D'Angelo and all these like huge people and it, it is very much a thing of me that I'm like oh, I've got to keep going until I'm so so like to have that to, for you to say that is really really uh, heartwarming to be honest and and yeah I guess that's such a um, I you know at, at 22 it's it's nice to sort of get that. Um, get that response from just making the music that I want to make you know so so yeah yeah and we've had great great support from for for the your music and I mean even before when we signed you I mean I know Joss Peterson played the, the your initial initial self-release DP but even with the recent album it's like Jam Supernova you know Joe Wiley on Radio 2 Tom Robinson yeah. Jeff Young on Jazz FM Jack yeah. Saunders KCRW like just a, a real good mixture of people like lots of people on Worldwide FM have been supporting so it, it's it's, it's been in, in an interesting place, isn't it? So to, from the mainstream yeah. of Radio 2 to sort of the sort yeah. of heads on, dump, um, on Worldwide FM have been playing it as well, which is a hard thing to achieve, I think, as well, that side. Yeah, that, that, that um, specifically that Joe Wiley one on BBC Radio 2 with We Could Be Jaded of all the tunes. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hang on a second, there's like, there's like a, a, a beat switch in there, there's a key, there's like key change, and I'm like, how is this on Radio 2? <laughs> So it was a massive surprise to me, but yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a good surprise. <laughs> and I think that's one of the things that we've seen. I, I like working. You've seen just an honest artist. Like for me, um, I don't A and R too heavily with anything we do, and we sort of just let leave you be you were sending us bits of music and everything you were sending like this is good just carry on doing what you're doing but I, I feel almost with you you're sort of a and within yourself and I suppose with us it's, we just try, we're literally just figuring out on delivery dates and when things might be coming out that was all we were doing you, you seem to be very focused and finishing and hitting deadlines as well yeah through uh sort of <laughs> pandemic time as well yeah. with everything that's going on you know maybe we'll Talk, talk a bit. Actually, before we get into that, just you, you mentioned sort of some of your influences. Is there any sort of specific songs or albums or music that um, have influenced you that you would feel influenced that album? Not like a direct influence, but you know yeah. something that you. Um, you know, because if people ask me what influences you, and I would say that you know, Public Enemy and hip hop and all that, but it doesn't. Ref- yeah. We're not a hip hop label, but there's yeah. something that just influences what we're about as a label yeah. and punk yeah. and things like that. They're that DIY yeah. attitude. So, what, 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 what do you think? Some of the sort of artists or genres of music that you know have felt you felt that impact. You know, with, yeah. while you were recording this album, the for me, like. And it might not even come across in the music, like you were saying, like it's not a direct thing, but like it's the home of the uh, the Latin community, the you know, like Brazilian jazz and uh, especially Brazilian jazz. Um, 
you know, all the sort of big, big uh, people uh, to the smaller uh, people, you know, and all everything that comes out from uh, Brazil and and did in sort of like that 70s and 60s and 70s era of Brazilian music really is like that's the biggest genre that I listen to you know all the sort of rare records to the common records everything within that bracket definitely I, I think it's more so like the naturally like passively again it's like the chord progressions like I'd be listening to a record from um, João Gilberto and um, and I'd be listening to it a, a new record so that I haven't heard before and I'd hear like a chord progression in there and I'd be like that sounds so familiar and uh, this was after making Strange Beauty as well and I'd like that sounds what chord progression is that like what chord is that and then it will be in like say like Gone Surfing or something because I think naturally like the the tones and, and the, the vibe that they like Brazilian jazz artists and bands sway towards uh, often I, I always feel like I hold really close to me um, passively though like because it is such a, a big listening for me I guess it's like it just naturally rubs off on me but yeah I definitely say uh, and bands in particular like Azima um, for um, Strange Beauty like I remember at the time of making it I didn't get a lot of chance to actually listen to music because I was just making the music 24-7 and I was like hang on a second I gotta make it I'm, I'm making a 10-track album like all the time I just wanted to spend on making the tunes and sort of really just getting into the nitty-gritties of it and like the sound design and stuff and really sort of show show my expression through the music so I didn't get a lot of time to just listen to music like sit down and listen to music but like when I did it would just be like if I finished uh, for the night at say 11 o'clock or midnight and I just you know I'd miss tea so I'd go and go and cook some tea at midnight or whatever and I'd just sit down and put the uh, put some uh, wax on put the vinyl on and you know because my collection is predominantly um, Brazilian uh, jazz um, it was I just whack one of them on and that would be what I'd listen to in between sort of making the album and again it was like a passive thing but when I look back on it I'm like oh hang on a second it was it, and, and then you hear some of the rhythms in there and I'm like it must have rubbed off so yeah and there any sort of tips for anybody um, listening or watching this um, that you'd recommend any artists albums or tracks specifically that have influenced you that you would tell people to check out yeah as you again like they've been one from the beginning for me but still like such a recent like daily listen because uh, I feel Azimuth are just as a producer like the and an engineer and the, the tones they use and they're not they're so like boundary pushing like I think it was a, I think there's a I think of the track uh, part I think it's called Partido Alto I think uh, I might get that wrong don't quote me on that but it's Partido it's the first track of light, uh, um, the intro track on Light as a Feather. Wait, Light as a Feather? Is it Light as a Feather? Maybe, I'm not sure. Uh, um, it's, the heat is getting to me. But, um, um, but yeah, there's a track called uh, that. And I, I swear there's like reverb on the bass and like, which, you know, you get told all these like views and stuff from like 
um, people saying, never do this. This is rule 101 of production. Don't do this, don't do this. And then like on a snap, they'd just be like spring reverb or something. And you're like, what? And, it, and it's like, I guess that for me is like, was a massive learning curve of just being like, it doesn't matter about any, uh, in my opinion anyway, for, for the music that I make, it really doesn't matter about any theory or, or like handbook, um, textbook techniques. Um, and it really is just like whatever sounded good, uh, I'll do it regardless of say like the, say the, the stuff that people don't really sort of, as a listener, as a consumer wouldn't really recognize, I don't think, but it's like as an engineer and a producer, they're sort of like, there's no go zones in whatever, as in, in textbook um, format anyway. But I think getting past that and sort of being like, whatever does float your boat, uh, you know, do it, I guess. Like, I guess that would be for myself yeah. and for other people, like the, the main tip, because like when I heard that tune by Azimuth with uh, like reverb on, like, and it was like on the kick drum and, and everything, uh, which I've always been told, never use reverb on low frequencies. It just gets muddled and all of this stuff, like it's frequency crashing, but it sounds so good. So it was like, hmm, let's, let, let's experiment a little bit. You know, if, if this band that I admire doing it then you know why, why can't i sort of thing so so yeah that was so azimuth and yeah just loads of airto marrera um and as well um, you know i love uh the early sort of like um Jamiroquai albums um i think the and rebirth um i love the rebirth um, these really all just sort of tick the boxes for me in terms of like a, a engineering and production point of view because it was like again it was like defying what teachings said and i don't want to be sort of that you know that guy that is like don't do what people say <laughs> sway a little bit left no i don't want to be that that guy but it was definitely listening to them artists which i really really um, love and i've always listened to was um was massive for me to, to hear them sort of just experiment and, and go beyond the limitations and and out of the ordinary that was always that's always stuck with me. Hey uh, this is Hermai and you're listening to Unfold Radio.
You're listening to True Thoughts. One word, one love, one BTN. Thank you. 
You're listening to True Thoughts. Even with all those references, even with Jamiroquai, it's not straight up soul, jazz and funk. And you yeah. can see there is a Brazilian influence in Rebirth and Jamiroquai yeah. as well, isn't there? Yeah, a little yeah bit exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So just with, with the album, um, I, I, I'll just have a little chat chat with you on, on that. Like, how, how would you describe it? You know, what, what, you know, I know genres are a thing. I mean, we we try and avoid, but they're a necessary part, of, you know, part of the music industry. But for for, for where you're at, you know, what, what, if someone was was to say to you, you know, okay, what what type of music is your album? How how, how would you describe it? Um, maybe do one for someone who doesn't understand much about music, and one for maybe yeah. somebody who is nerdy. But yeah, I'm yeah. curious how you would. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, for, for me, it's definitely like, and I always say this about. Uh, you know that I don't think there is there could really be like a tug on it but in in terms of like the brackets of w- what it's in you know somewhere between um, soul music to uh, electronic music to sort of like broken beat uh, and new jazz electro like all these different things merged into one melting pot but I think the the, the big thing for me is that I always I and I've had to think about this because I've been asked it so many times and like, like, what is like, what is it sort of thing? And I I guess it's like that sort of approach that you'd have with jazz music and, you know, very improvised and off the fly and very present tense. Um, that really resonates with me and, and because it was such a thing when I was growing up and to now what I love to do is just jam uh, regardless of you know if it's right or wrong it, it works it sounds good great it, like that's what I love so it was like I'd always say for me where that how I look at it is like a uh, in terms of the production anyway is like and the instrumentation is like a jazz approach to sort of electronic uh, production and you know which sits in between broken beat now and then um, down tempo now and then um, but yeah it's just little little sprinkles here and there really and it's definitely one of those albums I, I know for us is I mean I said that to you sort of soon after it came out I mean it, it's the type of album that you're not it's not one of those that someone's going to listen to in one go and get it it's it's one of it is a repeated listening album it's definitely something you've just got to put on it's you know if you skip the tracks or skip the you know between the tracks you don't really get get, get mm. because it, it just builds and there's layers and go, going up, up and down if yeah. you were for, for you if um uh you know, there, there might be someone listening to us who hasn't got, gone into the album yet. You know, what, what would you recommend? What's like your favourite? Or if someone was saying, look, I, I've got time to listen to one track before I decide whether to commit to listen yeah. to the album, what, what would oh, you recommend yeah. to them to listen to? to uh, get um, For me, it would be... Oh, it's so hard. But, uh, <laughs> you could do two, but... I, I, think, <laughs> I think Brothers Shuffle um, and... And Noah Noah, probably, I think, for me, because I think they they both share very much the same DNA, um, in my opinion. Uh, again, like I could say, if it was for someone that loved uh, really sort of experimental stuff, then I'd say check out We Could Be Jaded or, and, and stuff like You're that. You're going to list the whole album. No, no, no. Yeah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I think it would be them too. British okay. Shuffle and Noah Noah, yeah. yeah. 
and then and was there's quite a few different vocalists on, uh, yeah. um, on the album. Do you, do you want to do you want me to say who they are? Do you want to list everyone who's on there? Yeah, go ahead. I, yeah. I, I mean, you've got the CD. Yeah, I've though, got the so, CD. Uh, so yeah. I'll listen more so we don't forget. So it's uh, Lateral Stop, <laughs> Wallace. Uh, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing all of these right. Amelia Anastasia, who sings on Noah Noah, which you just recommended. Yeah. Uh, Fifi Ro- Robo or Robo, is that Robo, Robo. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Ruby Wood, who's from um, Sings with Submotion Orchestra. Um, and Marilissa, who we work with again on True Thoughts, and Laura Roy and Waddy Green as well. So there's a you, you put your effort into work with a variety of vocalists as well. You, but there are you, uh, in fact, what, I love all the songs on there. But one of my favourite songs on the album is Gone Surfing as well, which is an instrumental track. And we did, we, we I think we we're about to release the instrumentals, but we on Bandcamp yeah. the instrumentals are all there when they came out as a deluxe version straight But because I like the instrumentals are, are great alongside the original thing. But Gone Surfing is one of my tunes that I, I sort of keep going back to it as well it's just got something a little bit special on there as well, so. <laughs> no, that's good to hear that was the uh that was again it's the outro because it was genuinely the last track that i made out of the, the 10 tracks um but it was just sort of like the, it, again i always feel because with the instrumentation it's like because it is an instrumental it's like i have complete freedom to express these instruments however I'd want because you know if it was collaborating with a vocalist or however you know there'd be some stuff that I'd have to take out so it doesn't sound like a ooh, because it's already quite very busy like in terms of the projects and just the way that I, I like to make music is quite um, it's quite busy um, but sort of making space for um, certain aspects or whatever so when I had the did the instrumentals it was like okay let's just go completely wild with the expression and the instrument and just sort of make a, uh, a piece of music which was um, just very self-explanatory, you know. Hey, this is Hemai and you're listening to True Thoughts.
You're listening to True Thoughts.
You're listening to Truth Works. Cool. So just with them, um, I mean, I mean, we touched on it before. Is you, I mean, you were recording through the sort of pandemic um, and everything. We sort of, uh, it's been all these ups and downs as the whole album's been recorded. I think as we, I can't recall, did we, we signed you, I, I'm sort of losing track on time. Was it just before the first lockdown we signed you all? I, I, I can't quite remember. Uh, you know? I, it, it was, um, it was as it sort of hit, I think. Because I remember we met in Brighton. When we I met came in Brighton, Brighton, Brighton. Yeah, yes, yeah. Just and it was all sort of buzzing that yeah. it might be lockdown might happen yeah. or something. I think wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. because I, I think the office would just sort of like I'm not sure you mentioned it. I think it might have just either shut down for a bit and then reopened because of the restrictions or whatever. Yeah. I'm not sure what it what it was, but um, but yeah, it was definitely very very much at the start of it. So the album was throughout throughout of it and it's so crazy i don't know if you know this but um the we i, I signed on may the 7th and released on may the 7th <laughs> yeah oh wow yeah it's mad <laughs> so you, do, you like, literally Whoa. one year exactly yeah, from signing yeah. to, oh, that's pretty good going as well it's yeah. not bad so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i mean i mean how how I mean, I know it's a, a it's an uh, it's a debut album for you, so you know no different. But I mean, we were definitely dealing with sort of artists who, you know, we've been working with already, and then it lockdown was like, oh god, you know, how how's it going to? What's your experience of recording an album in lockdown? Were you freaking out just because of everything going on? Like a lot of people were just away from everything, or yeah. did it help you get through it, or was it, you know, where was your it, head at while you're recording this? It was honestly very sort of it was a period where I could just really knuckle down with it with no distractions um, and you know I, I don't know when it would have been complete if you wasn't so because you know and it's always something I'll be able to remember that process by as well you know making it through that um, it definitely I wouldn't say it, de- it didn't jade any of the, the process uh, necessarily in terms because you know the studios were still open and stuff so it was it was really nice to sort of have both sides of being at home and making it to doing it in the studios and stuff um but it, it yeah it was definitely a, a very full focus thing um and i think that was sort of the silver lining of it from my perspective uh, from my perspective because it was like this is basically you know i was lucky to be able to make an album in in that time you know and sort of you know keep the inspiration and, and whatever um you know it's a blessing and i was very humble to, to be able to actually have something to do to be honest you know and and and, and it being music just made it better you know so yeah, I mean, from our side, you just seemed very focused on making it happen. You were just like, okay, look, this is all going on. But I, mean, you, you were. I, know, I know a lot of people sort of joke that that's what artists are. You're, you can be quite interested in just stuck in rooms with instruments. But, but I think I think there was another side. I think we were quite conscious as well. I, I think for some artists, it definitely worked. I, I know from the amount of demos we've got, um, 
probably since towards the end of last year, we, it, I've never had as many demos, which is obviously lots of people recording over lockdown. But I think I think there was another side with some artists, just there was an, uh, other pressures because lots of artists had part-time jobs and they were losing work and all of those pressures can obviously interfere with that um, creative process. So it, yeah. it's definitely not one rule for all, but I think I just, I noticed from the outside, you just, you've, you've felt, I felt like you were quite focused on it and just, I've got to make this happen. And you, you, you seem to do that very well. And we yeah. also just, just leave you to it. Did a great job, obviously, as well. So, yeah. Um, uh, we, 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 what goes on? Um, just with how everything is at the moment as an artist, like you're a new, new, newer artist, sort of making your way in, in, in the music industry. Now, now, as a label, we've been going 20 years. So, historically, I mean, we started at the time there was piracy and yeah. we knew we were going to release Bonobo's album and everybody would download yeah. it for free so we we were almost budgeting you know can we sell a thousand vinyl yeah. a few thousand cds then but but very much for your generation you come into a thing where there's a sort of world of spotify where i mean there's money you can there's income to be made for but it's not very much and i know they talk uh, vinyl resurgence but ultimately it's adele albums and rolling stone reissues and all of that yeah. it's not necessarily grassroots new music mm-hmm. isn't doing the vinyl boom what, what, what's your you know what's your take on how the industry is you know for, for anybody who's an artist listening or, or people curious about how, how it is for you as an artist you know releasing music in the, in the, in the current car- yeah. climate I think the the main thing for me is definitely like the consumption value of it is is definitely because of um, DSPs and and stuff like that. You know, having uh, I, I, I'll just mention in case people don't DSPs are the streaming services. Um, yeah, Spotify, Apple. Just in case people don't know them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so the that sort of accessibility to just skip a song if you don't like the first three seconds of it. I think for me, that's like I guess being being have, having the privilege of being able to listen to vinyl and, and stuff like that um, you know and that being my preferred way of listening to music as well or CDs or whatever just a physical format of it uh, so you can actually because you have to sort of listen to the music um, without having the freedom to skip it I think that's definitely something for me to always consider when making music like sort of yeah, I guess, and it depends on the genre as well, but like, I guess if you're making music to a, a DSP format, it might have limitations and boundaries on, on your expression of it. Um, so I think it's always something worth considering that if it was on physical, is it still as much as a of a listening experience, um, you know, for the consumer or whatever. So I think that, I mean, for me, that's at the forefront of, you know, if it was a, seven minute track is it you know it's debatable whether that's gonna do well on spotify or apple music or whatever but if it was on a physical thing everyone would you know you want to listen to that seven minute track so i guess it's making music without uh, any of the uh, modern limitations on it is is something that i definitely advise and and definitely advise myself always to uh to do because you never know where the music can take someone you know whether that last two minutes of a track uh could be the best thing they've ever heard but because of uh dsps or whatever you might not get to hear it um so yeah i think it's definitely something uh that's what i think 
of the consumption of, of the industry at the moment. And I, and I do think whoever wants to listen to it, it has the, you know, can listen to it. So I think it's definitely down to the person as well, you know, and, you know, whether they've got the time to do that. And it all boils down to different stuff at the end of the day. But personally, I think that's my sort of view on it. Yeah. I don't think that's what, one of the things is we, we say constantly to you and to so everybody we work with. That's why it's about sort of make, having longevity with music and albums. And I think it's also not necessarily about playing the game of formats. And, and that could be whether it's, you know, vinyl, just make a good song. You know, if you've got a great two minute song and it's planning, you were planning to do a single on seven inch, we wouldn't say to someone, add another minute to it if it yeah. is great at two minutes. Yeah. And, and equally, I think that's the one thing with um, the, the streaming services because there's a culture there where you know it's unlikely to get on playlists if the song is over a certain amount of time and i think that's something yeah. we're very vocal about with our artists say so, look we can do an edit of the song yeah, yeah. The, the original song is the original song but i yeah. think i, I mean the, the, the advantages of all of that i mean in, in a way i said uh, the pros of it like I, 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 I think there was a good, you got a good experience from self-releasing music. I, I, I would have definitely noticed when we work with newer artists who self-release music and then they work with us, they've got an understanding of, I mean, the music industry is crazy and there's so yeah. much that goes on behind the scenes to make, you know, to make a, a record get played anywhere pretty much. Yeah. There's, there's lots going on behind the scenes. Yeah. And I think when, by self-releasing, you get experience of what goes on and how the industry works. So, And that's part of what's gone on with Spotify. Technically, I suppose everybody can have their 15 minutes of fame. Um, you know, most, a lot of it won't get heard yeah. is the reality. That's why I think it's, what's it, 60,000 songs a day get uploaded to Spotify, something Amazing. crazy like that. Yeah. Crazy. You know, which yeah. of, of course, a huge chunk of that will never ever be listened to. You know, that's the yeah. reality of it, apart from most people who uploaded it and their friends, you know, my new friends and family. So yeah. it's difficult. But I think it's, um, it, I think you've shown just be patient, patient and just make good quality music, isn't it? It's, yeah, and I guess that very stay as cliche as it sounds like staying so authentic because like there's been many of times in my head where I've been like, mm, shall I do that? Because it might, you know, pop a little bit more, which makes people like, you know, if it was like staying when day breaks, it's got a fall to the floor, and it was sort of like the decision that I had to make was like, do I make the kick off? <laughs> so it like it's so it's like a club cheer, but then it's like. No, 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 no. It's, I think that was my my view on it. Anyway, is just just really just making the music that you want to hear at the end of the day, you know. Um, re, re, and that that you, that's something that I tell myself every day when I open Logic to when I close it is do what you, you sort of you know what comes out comes out. Hey, this is Hemi, and you're listening to True Thoughts with Rob Lewin.
Zoo Talk, Zoo Talk, Zoo Talk, Zoo Talk, Zoo Talk. 
whatever I'm feeling on stage at that moment is what I'll record and sample and sort of do do this technology thing. It's very hard to explain. It's very complex, I think. Uh, and from uh, someone who doesn't listen to music, uh, make music, I'm going to stop it there because I can go for hours. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a trio setup and yeah, it's going to encapsulate the, um, the environment of the music right. just in a live manner. So, I mean, I, I know at some point we're going to we're going to get to that. Hopefully soon. Hopefully latitude. Hopefully a few other places when you know things open up, which um, you know is there. So, look, it's yeah. been um, yeah, look, it's been really great. It's been fascinating talking to you. Thank you for putting the time aside. We'll give it. I'll give it one more plug. So it's and okay. um, MI Strange Beauty CD Digital Streaming. Um, do support there and look yeah fact thank you actually just before we go if you want to let people know um i know social media we always say to our artists don't get too lost in social media don't get worried about the likes and returns and all of that but i know you use so a bit of social media you know people want to follow you see what you're up to what, what do you use what's the best place to yeah, so my most active profile would be on uh, Instagram or, or YouTube. Uh, I'm starting to delve into the YouTube world. I don't know what will come out of it, whether it's going to be maybe some like breakdowns or like or whatever. Um, but I'm definitely looking to, to get more into that and and Instagram as well. That's like my main thing. But everything really, it's just um, and it's just hem on hem on music, you know. So H E M A I. Yeah. Yeah, that's worth saying. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah. It's social media is a weird one at the moment. But um, yeah, we're all trying to figure our way about how we connect them to things, right? So we've just uh, yeah, had a little bit of technical issues, but we're we're back now with that uh, Louis. He um, am I talking about his album? And I was just asking you about the sort of balance between an artist and um, doing your music and being creative on that side and social media, which, you know, behind the scenes is a little bit of pressure to, you know, post up everybody who's supporting you and be the life and soul of every online party that's going on and make sure everybody's paying attention to what you're doing. <laughs> Wonder, wondering how you balance that. I know us as a label, we're always telling everyone, don't go for the likes, just, if you can do something that you know balances who you are and reps who you are, do that, but don't get lost in the likes, I think. How are you finding it? Yeah, exactly that, I think. Like, for me anyway, it's like, how, how do I um, balance everything? And I'm not very good at um, balance and like, time organisation and stuff like that. It's not really uh, a strong uh, quality of mine. So, like, when social media comes into the equation, it's like, okay, how do we balance this? So... Um, you know, you can still connect to people that love your music and like, how do you give a different um, perspective of your life and, and connect as a person, you know? Um, yeah. yeah, and I think that's it. I mean, you, you seem to be trying to do it. You're not getting lost. I know you went off grid for a week or so, <laughs> like, you know, and you were, you were away. And I, I, think, I think for us, it's it's quite, quite like that as well. We're not like, <laughs> why has the artist gone away for a week, you know, after their albums come out? But it's just like, it's just real life, isn't it? You just need to be able to do that and get on with, yeah. with things. I think, and, and I think that's the, the main thing: is delivering quality music, and then hopefully when things are back up and running, you know, getting out there and you know playing the music to people and just getting getting that real feedback and promoting it that way is is yeah. the best way as far as we can concerned about promoting music. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, it's good that you have that perspective as well. Uh, yeah, I think when I when I uh, last week I just went off grid. I went on recording this anyway. I went off grid, 
and um, and sort of just had some time out and just wrote a load of new music and and for me that was like what sort of where does that come from is that because of the balance like am I is it is it restricting on time or limitations or whatever but I think it was just the you know having that time to sort of recalibrate after especially you know a year of making music just having a nice little bit of time off I think it can really sort of reprogram like the way that you that you view music and the the, the music creation process you know it, it just completely it switches a different light on in your head so yeah does you a world of good so yeah that's when the social media sort of you have to hang on a second and then bring it back <laughs> right look louis that, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today as well so it's been it's been great and yes look i'll, I'll just mention again check out um the hemi album h-e-m-a-i strange beauty out now on Treefields. it's on cd if you're into physical product but uh, streaming digital you can download as well and look out for you know hemi hopefully soon live near you somewhere thank you Cheers, Rob. Nice one. One BTN, one oh one point four FM, one oh one point four.
so. Hope you've enjoyed that um, chat with uh, Himoi there. Let me give you a rundown of um, the tunes we played during that interview. We had um, Himoi Noah Noah featuring Amelia Anastasia. And then we had um, instrumentals from him, um, from his album Brother Shuffle, Love Dancer. Uh, we had a track from his dad, Perry Hemus. Track was uh, Changes Original in 3 4 Woodland Records. Check that album out, it's a good album. And then we had um, He My Eyes Closed featuring Lay Full Stop on uh, Eyes Wide Open Records, which uh, He My put out on his own label before we started working with him at True Thoughts. Then we had the instrumental, We Could Be Jaded. And then um, through the tunes, He My was uh, uh, talking about uh, that he was into our artists that he was enjoying while doing the album. So we had the rebirth, this journey in Kashmir Sound, Azimuth, Equip 68, Far Out Records, uh, Jamiroquai, Emergency on Planet Earth, and Masters at Work remix, Sony. Then, um, he might instrumentals Vertigo, the track Gone Surfing, um, Brothers Shuffle featuring Marilissa from Space Captain, um, When Day Breaks, we had uh, the Awake Indigo instrumental, then the Bandit's Pocket instrumental, and then, um, yeah, just finished off there with Awake Indigo featuring Ruby Wood, who you may know from Submotion Orchestra. So, of course, we played quite a f- few uh, tracks from the album, but do check the album in full. It's a great listen all the way through. So, before we finish off on the show this week, just a reminder to keep up to date with what we're doing at the record label True Thoughts on the website, various social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube... Spotify, Apple Music playlists we do there. Um, the radio show, you can uh, check it via the website or the True Thoughts Mixcloud page or various, uh, do a search um, True Thoughts Presents Unfold with Robert Louis or variations of that and you'll find the show various places. Uh, of course, Mixcloud, Soundcloud. I've got the various links to check the show on my website, Robert Louis, R-O-B-E-R-T-L-U-I-S. And I've got the full playlists and archive playlists from the previous shows as well. And I'm down with um, Twitter and Instagram. If you're down with any of those, you can follow me directly there, Robert Louis. Shout out to everybody leaving messages, getting in touch about the show much appreciated thank you for everybody sending me music or tipping me on some music to check and um, yes in the UK clubs opening up and so that means um, Sonic Switch my residency at the Green Door store is going to start again it's been what's it, 14 months we did it the last one was March 2020 that we did and then everything got locked down haven't done a DJ gig out since then so yes looking forward to playing there at the Green Door store 
as usual five hour set from 11 p.m till 4 a.m four pounds entry on friday the 13th of august so yes hopefully see you down there lots of good tunes to play and yes um i um the last couple of weeks on unfold i did a couple of dj mixes um just the tunes that have sort of come out of lockdown the tunes that i was into at lockdown that I probably would have played out had lockdown not happened and um i put that together as it's like a three hour mix really so that's up on my mix cloud page robert louis uh there and you can um yeah have a check there's probably quite a few tunes that i'm going to be playing out um get the vibe of the night if you've never been down before uh, i think i've tied it sonic switch tunes from lockdown or something like that i can't remember full information on my web, my website Robert Louis R-O-B-E-R-T-L-U-I so yes um, really sad news recently with the passing of um, Bismarcky legendary legendary hip hop pioneer part of the Juice crew involved with Marley Marl and um, that whole um, world there with Roxanne Chante Master Race what Marley Marl was doing Big Daddy Kane just seemed really fascinating to me when I was younger and um, lots of Bismarcky tracks I used to play out. Um, I used to do night in the 90s. Um, and to be honest, I still play Bismarcky tracks. In fact, I've just played, you know, I've been playing a few recently. Played them in August last year. I was just checking, was playing music from him. And he's been sampled on loads of great records as well. So, yes, look, rest in peace, Bismarcky. So, I'm going to play a track to finish off the show. Classic tune, Vapors, Cold Chilling Records. Um, next week's show, I'll definitely play a few more. Um, so yes, whatever you're up to in the next week, have a good one. Take it easy, we're going to finish with uh, Bismarcky, the Vapors in this track in the background. Red Nose District Zmit featuring Stefan Zmit. Nice one for locking in. See you next time. Make the music nobody beats the biz, well check it Back in the days before this began He used to try to talk to this girl named Fran The type of female with fly Gucci wear With big truck jewelry and extensions in the hair When Swan tried to kick it, she always fessed Talking about, Megan, please, you work for UPS Since he was an no type of big drug dealer My man TJ Swan didn't appeal to her But now he trucks gold to wear fly belly boots Rough leather fashion and tough silk suits Now she stopped fronting wants to speak and be coming to all the shows every single weekend to get his beeper number she be begging please dying for the day to get skis she caught the vapors she caught the vapors she caught the vapors she caught the vapors 
I got another brother that's calm and plain. He goes by the name of the Big Daddy Kane. A mellow type of fellow that's laid back. Back in the days, he was nothing like that. I remember when he used to fight every day. What grown-ups would tell him, he would never obey. He wore his pants hanging down and his sneakers untied. And a roster-type tango tilted to the side. Around his neighborhood, people treated him bad and said that he was the worst thing his mom's ever had. They said that he would grow up to be nothing but a hoodlum or either in jail or someone would shoot him. But now he's grown up to their surprise. Big Daddy got a hit record selling worldwide. Now the same people that didn't like him as a child be saying, Can I borrow a dollar? Ooh, you're a star. Now they caught the vapors. They caught the vapors. They caught the vapors. They caught the vapors. Now I got a cousin by the name of Vaughn Lee. Better known to y'all as Commander Cool V. He cut scratch, transform with finesse. And all that mess. But I remember when he first started to rock and tried to get this job in a record shop. He was in it to win it, but the boss fronted, said, Sorry, Mr. Lee, but there's no help wanted. Now my cut Vaughn still tried on and on and on till the light break of dawn. To put this J-O-B in effect, but they'd look right past him and be like, Next! Now for the year of 88, Cool V is making dollars, so my cousin's like straight. He went to the same record shopper before, and the boss be like, Vaughn, welcome to my store. Offering him a job, but nah, he don't want it. Damn, it feels good to see people up on it. Cause I remember when, at first they wasn't. Now guess what they caught from my cousin, the Vapors. They caught the Vapors. They caught the vapors. They caught the vapors. Last subject of the story is about Bismarck. I had to work for mine to put your body in park. When I was a teenager, I wanted to be down with a lot of MC, DJ, and crews in town. So I screw on Noble Street. I said, can I be down, champ? They said, no, and treated me like a wet food stamp. After getting rejected, I was very depressed. Sat and wrote some death through the rhymes at Moret. When I used to come to parties, they make me pay. I would have to beg to get on the mic and rap that day. I was never into girls. I was just into my music. They acted like I wanted to keep instead of trying to use it but now things switch without belief your biz do you remember me from noble street chief we used to be down back in the days it happens all the time and never cease to amaze they caught the vapors they caught the vapors they caught the vapors they caught the vapors You're listening to 101.4 FM. You're listening to 1BTN. 101.4 FM. 1BTN.FM. 